Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tabula Rasa, Season 1, Episode 2, Alone in Company. I am the writer and showrunner of this thing, Jack Kalk, and joining me is the wonderful, splendiferous director, Anna Rodriguez. Hello, hello. Now, Yay! Um, episode two. Miss Snoring. New cast members. Helen extra food. Um, yes. Cast members. Um, so we have Kim Giannopoulos as Dr. Sam Hurst, Hannah Jane Gondel as Stephanie Nichols, and we have the return of James Rossi as Keith Finch. Yes. Um, Kim is. It's it's worrying how accurate Kim's impression is the teacher that inspired this character. Uh, nice. It's like the same voice, Something and it's terrifying. <laughs> um, nice. Love you, Kim. Uncle. But uh, oh, there's the bell. We uh, yeah. So that's this, and we also um, we'll be seeing these guys again um, later. They will. They have been planted, and they will return with more importance further down the line. Woot! And I love James's uh, snoring. That was very nicely done. Yes. Um, very much so. And, yeah, the line there is, do you know what happened when Charles Dickens dozed off midway through his final novel? Yeah, he died. Um, so, yes, she's threatening him a little bit. And here's the theme. Love this song. If you have not downloaded this on iTunes, shame on you. You Go should. It is 99 cents. It is an excellent song. It is. Um, by Her Side by Karina Barroso. It is on iTunes. Um, and here's Susan's first appearance in this episode is Jane. Woman appeared on the doorstep of Dr. Liza Finch. So we've got the uh, monologue here. I could just listen to this forever. So, hopefully you... Do you need a... Hello? I, no, I'm good. Sorry. Okay. I just had a blank slate. moment of uncertainty with my media player, but media player's working. Okay. Season one, episode two. You were going to say something. Uh, but, uh, hopefully you have listened to the episode. If not, pause the commentary. Go listen to the episode. You should. There is death and intrigue and stuff and such. And such. So we are now in... For I come Oregon C. What be thine preference this day? Tea. Oh, Chris, you are so excellent. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you are so excellent. It's ridiculous. Chris, Chris and Chris. And Chris. <laughs> um, the new dynamic duo. Yes, as Damien, who is our cover artist, has described them. But I could barely say ten. Speaking of Damien. The, the cover for this episode is pretty cool. Yes, it is. Um, there is a very cool um, sort of three-panel thing going on there, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Go look at the cover art if you haven't already. Totes. I shouldn't complain. Husband keeps random hours. Yeah, we're, ta- we're talking about um, Ganymede's job keeping random hours. I wonder why he keeps random hours. If you listened to the last episode, you should know. And if you haven't made the connection yet... A certain She's police officer may be married to a shady character. Yes. Who is somehow involved in, with Jane. Oh my goodness, how? I don't know. Dun, dun, dun. Is Jane even coming in today? She's coming in time. Liza was here doing an eval on that guy from the... Oh, so we've got our first piece of music. Um, this is 
I want to destroy something beautiful by Josh Woodward. Um, most of the episode, sorry, most of this music in this uh, episode is from Josh Woodward because I really like his stuff. You sure like your secrets, boss. I agree. You and I are gonna have a chat with that Pete Mylan is Nathan Clark is here. Hello, Pete. Hello. But first, finish up that addition to Liza's psych report from last night. You got it. I don't know why, but I geek out with the same timelines because I, I like playing and tweaking with it so it's exactly at the same time. Though, luckily with them, their timing was stupendous. Let me first say so not a whole lot of tweaking. Um, we've moved on to Liza's living room. Uh, we've got Liza played wonderfully by Len Cullen and our protagonist, Jane, by Susan Bridges. Yes, Jane. I had somebody ask me if she was um, named after the Firefly character. Um, no? I hadn't watched Firefly by the time I came up with Jane. Um, although it is a nice coincidence because I really do like Firefly now. Mm -hmm. I still haven't seen it. It's on my to-do, to-watch list, you know. So. It, it, it is something that should be watched. Ah. I, or so I've been told, so I, it's on my list. Um, Lynn does an excellent job of sounding very doctory and psychiatrist pretty clear to me that this Yeah, it's important. Liza's got... Um, she, she does have a very specific way of going about things. And that's good because we are going to um, see that shaken up quite a bit as the show goes on. What? Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing? Maybe. The commentary? You get little surprises like these if you listen to the commentary. I think they know that they're listening to the commentary. So yeah, with the with the auditory sounds uh, in the strip, since you know people don't have the strip as they're following along, there wasn't any specific sound effects <laughs> that was listed in the script. So I was just I actually googled what sort of uh, auditory stimulus sounds are out there and didn't find a whole lot so i'm like all right well these should hopefully work for round the most i could find was one guy how the sound of horses reminded him of his childhood huh. so she well the sound of horses would not remind jane of her childhood no, no she does not have a childhood surrounded by horses spoilers <laughs> she went to bed i love this music I do too. It's very discordant, which I believe I said the first time we listened to It's the official theme of the voice on the phone, dude. Yes. Um, Played um, by yes. Sam Sullivan, who we didn't expect to be crediting as Sam Sullivan. But um, yes, that is Sam Sullivan as the voice over the phone. And briefly, we had um, Jason Arbos as Ganymede. Ah, uh, and this scene. Yes. Colin is so smarmy as Pickett. Yes. Uh, we, we bring back Colin Kelly as George Pickett, who was embedded in the last episode, if you listen to the press conference. Um, he's in there. And he's kind of related to that bomb that went off somehow. Hmm. Gee, I wonder if he had caused it or anything. I don't know. It's almost like he set the bomb off. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Literally, I just was crawling through No Fear Shakespeare looking for random quotes that fit. You know, the, the funny thing is that Colin, in real life, is such a Shakespeare buff. <laughs> that mm -hmm. It must have been really easy for him to get into the Shakespearean part of the role. Right. Uh, just give me a minute. Yeah, I, just, uh, I need you to fill in for Lakeisha. 
And here's Chris what? being, um, what's he doing in the bathroom? You okay there, Chris? Raphael, you alright? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. Later. Later, later. <laughs> this, is, this is important, though. Pickett's not crazy. Um, Liza's established that. Yep. Um, he's just kind of likes to screw around. He's very showy, and that's something we I told Colin as he was going into this. And he's like, well, how do I do this? And yeah, he's a showman. He loves to... He's, he's very actorly. Oh, and then I think those notes really helped out because he does come off very showy. Mm. I just... This scene makes me laugh. <laughs> because... Chris is just so like I could pull this out of my butt all day, and they did. And let's make this simple. He's just so in control of this scene, and Pickett's also so in control, and you just don't know who to root for. I know you're like, okay, who's gonna be the last one to quote Shakespeare? And apparently, you can you can just tell from this few minutes that they can probably go on for hours, which they have been. Just quoting the Bard. Oh, the uh, the music again. Another Josh Woodward piece. It's called a uh, Baba Ganoush. There's actually some vocals in the song, so I actually did edit up the song a bit because they would have drawn away from the Shakespeare. Baba Ganoush. Yes, Baba I Ganoush. Kind of, I don't know what it means, but it kind of fits the general atmosphere of this scene. Yeah. I, I like his very Shakespearean. <laughs> mm -hmm. Laugh at your psychiatry and wizardry. <laughs> it's open. <sighs> oh, and we have uh, the return of Cat Pride. As Jesse yeah, Cesare, she's assistant to the senator who did not get killed in the blast. No, no he is not dead. We will see him again. Um. She was also in the last episode, but once again, you really had to pay attention to the press conference to get her. She was the first voice you heard at the press conference. Yep. Um, yeah, she is his campaign manager. And what, what Montague does, Jesse follows. And and um, part of the reason she's here is because Montague is in rehab. He's not just going to, like, up and go to talk to some sergeant. Yeah, he, yeah, he did yeah. get injured in the blast, so... Not too bad, he's just having some trouble walking. He'll be okay. Yeah. Did lose four staffers, three more hospitalized in the PR. You know, it's, um... And Kat does a really good job, because Jessie is very... She can be very nervous and very jittery. Um... Did you clarify where mm -hmm. you were? And it was, yes, I was. So, no, yay, no, good acting. No, well, that was um, one of those things um, we noticed. This, this along with uh, Sam Hurst, they were both non-gender specific roles, as you can tell from the names Sam and Jesse. Um, they were, you know, whoever could nail it would get it. And it was the same with cat as jesse i mean we didn't cast jesse from the original casting call or from any casting call we i mean we ninja cast her from the auditions we received mm -hmm. but um yeah jesse could have gone either way and we thought cat did that best yep 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 bosnian terrorist groups think about that that's important also a thinly veiled 24 reference but that's okay yes uh, did he, he used two pieces of music in the scene. 
both again, Woodward, um, and they're the stairs and fight the sea. Is it, if, you, if you haven't told, if you haven't been able to tell by now, I'm going for a very guitar feel for the show. Mm-hmm. With the occasional whimsical stuff like we did in the uh, previous scene. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the guitar is it's also kind of, at times, it fits, but other times it's like discordant with, really like that word discord today. Um, word of the with, day, yay! Yay! <laughs> this episode of Tabula Rasa was brought to you by the word discordant. The and the um, number two. He's a very it's funny because episode two. But, um, the which reminds me, we should talk about the title. Alone in Company is um, when Pickett dies later, which, yeah, you know he dies later because you already listened to the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Pickett dies later, he is quoting uh, an obscure monologue from Romeo and Juliet. And Alone in Company is a line in there. It's actually meant there's supposed to be a comma between Alone and Company. But... Um, I thought it fit better without the comma. It fits with uh, Jane's thoughts. It fits or Jane's um, situation and situation. If it's with Raphael's situation and Ganymede's and Lakeisha's and a couple more characters, which we'll find out later. Um, but it does fit kind of with everybody's situation in this episode. Interesting. Welcome to Jerry's on 29th. What can I get you? We've got Perry Whittle as Jerry. Of the uh, Jerry's Bar fame. <laughs> yes, Jerry's on 29th, which is my go-to bar for absolutely everything. Um, Perry's just excellent. Um, and we'll see We'll see Jerry later. And briefly on the television was Corson Bremer as Christian Holdridge. Yes, and he's talking about how well the Cubs are doing. <laughs> a, 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 no one. That's not just that's not just yeah. wishful thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a rough century. Um, it's not just wishful okay. thinking. Any it's um, it's important. I promise. Well, hey, you know, it's it's your show. You can, you can my, that's right. It's my show. Cubs <laughs> can win the World Series. J.J. Abrams won't let them. <laughs> but in Tabula Rasa, they they totally are winning. Absolutely. Um, so this is one of the few times I'm probably going to use a actual vocal piece of Josh Woodward's. He was playing in the bar, in the bar, and you know, sort of like over the radio. So I was actually played one of his lyrical pieces rather than his instrumental. Until then, so I get you something to eat, more coffee. I really, really like how the. Wait, Sorry. Liza. I really like how the um the, the bells I did. keep going. It's very like you gotta think about it, you gotta notice it. You know what I mean? Like, Gee, I wonder why the bells are still playing. No, that's weird. Why are they And why why is there buzzing going? Hmm. I don't know. This is different from buzzing we heard before. That's yeah, weird. it's it's different buzzing from episode one. I wonder why it's a different sort of buzz. I don't hmm. know. We're not gonna find out in this next scene though, because we're back in our 11th location for this episode. <laughs> yes, Sorry, lots, lots of scenes. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so with this scene, because, you know, we sort of have the two group of, groups of people walking towards each other. So that's why I had the panning the way it did. You have the extremes and they're sort of when you they meet, they meet in the middle. So hopefully that came across to all the headphone wearing listeners. Yes. Okay, that wasn't funny. Nathan, the dossiers for Jane? I thought you I, I really like how Kat right, delivers that. That wasn't funny line. That's that's one of Jesse's things that she says a lot. 
Um, walk and talk is a terrible hey, West Wing reference. This suit is brand new. I don't know what you're trying to do, <coughs> but stay still. Are you alright, Mrs. Zari? I'm fine. Uh-oh. Something's gonna happen. No harm done. Kristen just Let kicks ass. She's like, I'm not gonna Easy. deal with this. Let him go. Keep a close eye on him, though. Now this scene originally had um, a lot more puking. Oh, I was just listening to it and I'm like, oh, this makes me so uncomfortable. How does he have that much in his stomach? It's unbelievable the amount of takes Colin gave me. I'm like, did he actually? I would have actually thrown up if I was giving that many puking takes. Um, and there were a few times he had to like step back from the mic and actually catch his breath a bit. It was kind of funny. This is not the first time Colin's had to throw up a pen, and it will not be the last. No, no. I'm so sorry, Colin. Poor, poor Colin. Uriah. Who's Uriah? Da 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 da. That's Richard Casto as the dispatcher. Mm-hmm. George, can you hear me? Nathan. This is nothing in the dark again by Woodward. That fade out is so awesome. I was pr pretty proud of that fade. There's a few fades that I'm like, yeah, this fade is rocks. By the power vested in me by the state. Oh, hey, those those bells are back. Husband and wife. Uh, this is, I believe, Josh Wilson playing the Reverend. Kiss the bride. I did that. Uh, yes, Josh Wilson. Yes, we will be seeing him again too. You will see pretty much everybody in this episode again. Wow, well, that was easy. When we're hearing Jane, but she's. Not the Jane we've known so far. Like a different Jane. And then, oh my goodness, it's Tom Stitzer as Hayes. And the music behind. There's so much to talk about in such a small scene. Yeah. This music is by a friend of ours. Yeah. that could be. Hmm. Well, since you're listening to the commentary. Yeah, Broken Lenses, because additional music, that that was the additional music. Yeah, I, I was the one who composed that. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and a broken lenses, Rodriguez. <laughs> it's sort of the the recording name I used to do. Like I used to record stuff in high school, and that was sort of like the recording name I had for myself. And I couldn't find anything for that wedding scene. And that little simple composition came to mind, and I, you know, came up with it, composed it, and I'm like, I'm gonna put this in the episode because I can. And I was totally all for it. Yeah, yeah I, I gave Jack like the first two uh, versions of the song, and he was so excited. So yes, I am Broken Lenses. You are Broken Lenses. Um, yeah, this episode is noticeably shorter than uh, season one, episode one, which or, I guess you could just say episode one. Um, this is about the default length of an episode of Tabula Rasa. Uh, because longer episodes are hard for the writer and for the director. Mostly yes. for the director. But the first one, you know, that was the premiere of the show, so understandably, it's longer. And we've got our credits music by the great folks at Mile 96. And a lovely Bruce Busby re reading the credits. Thank you, Bruce. Yes, Bruce, you're awesome. We love you. Thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> so, we hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, yes. Please let us know your thoughts, either at the groups, or Facebook page, on Twitter. Just let us know what you thought of the episode. We like hearing feedback. And please join us next month for Season 1, Episode 3 of Tabula Rasa, Sergeant Clark's Gauntlet. So, bye everyone. Goodbye.